Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, welcome to Morning Bible Study with a Day of Prayer. Lord Charles, can you pray for us? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for this time that we have together, Lord. I just thank you for the ever knowledge that is in your word, Lord, and that is never exhaustible, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for giving all of us a measure of faith, Lord, and making it where we can use our faith to accomplish your will, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Amen. So this morning, we're going to wrap up Colossians chapter 2. Um, so can I get a volunteer to read Colossians chapter 2, verses 20 through 23, please? I will. All right, promise? Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern, which all concern things which perish with, with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion. Hmm. False humility and neglect of the body, but are no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Hmm. Thank you, sweetheart. Yes, thank you. All right, so let's begin with you guys. What did the Holy Spirit reveal to you? Well, do you have a question about something? Yes, or if there's questions, by all means ask them. Indulgence is a participation, participating in. But it also denotes, like when you say indulgence, like to an extreme measure. Yes, it's akin to the word like greed, using it um, without restraint, and it means satisfying, uh, like fleshly um, desire, if you will. Do you understand? Yes. Okay. So when someone, like if you say, indulge me means allow me to go beyond the borders and the boundaries of what I should be doing. And then when it talks about the flesh, it automatically alludes it to the greedy, that connotation. So already already exhibiting a lack of self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit, right? Yes. So exceeding all of that. And the Holy Spirit's not in that. Okay? Yes. What else? Uh, go. Your heart, Layla. Um, I noticed that Paul had said that um, the doctorates of men were... Um, they give an appearance of wisdom and a self-imposed religion. They give an appearance of false humility and neglect the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. I find that very 
interesting. How so? Um, he chose to describe these doctorates in this way. Many people will tell you, well, this is the right way to do it. This is the one without flaw, if you will, like all the other theologies that people can create. And he says, the very last part, though, they're false, um, they're self-imposed, which meant they didn't come from God. You just made it up for yourself and said, this is what God said. Um, false humility is another another point. Um, you're not being genuine. You're doing the lip service thing, but your heart's not really in it, and it's not towards God, which is just as bad as it being lip service. Um, neglect the body, which means it doesn't help anybody when it's uh, spoken, if you will. It doesn't provide anything. It doesn't edify and love and build up. It actually is the adverse and the opposite, and it destroys. And then it says there's no value against the indulgence of the flesh. What meant there was nothing in it that would keep you from sinning. The word of God, it it has value against the indulgence of the flesh. When you submerge yourself in him and you choose to follow him, there is, unless you allow it, there's no way that you could fall into the fleshly manners. There's no way you could do those things because it's founded on the truth and God trumped that a long time ago. But these other doctrines that we can concoct and make up and say this is the truth, they have no value because it's in fact a lie and you, we all know Satan's the father of lies, so there's no value against it. You can't fight Satan with Satan. You're just cooperating him with them. <laughs> yes. Jesus makes that point very clear, right? He says, if you say that I'm casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub, then who do your people cast them out? He talks about a house divided against itself. It's Will not stand, exactly. So, those are very good, very good points. You're going to make a comment on that, honey? Um, I might come back to it. You can okay. get something you want to say, sweetheart. Oh, there was a lot in there. Um, <laughs> I'll start with this. Romans. Romans 1. Verse 16 talks about that exact thing, about the, the just, righteous, right? As I believe. Must live by faith. <clears throat> uh, Romans chapter 1 starting in verse 16 mm-hmm. um, actually can, can someone read verse 16 and 17 please we'll start with that go ahead promise oh you can go yeah. on I'll read it for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Mm -hmm. I kind of just want to read all the way through verse 25, (laughs) but um, (laughs) uh, I'll I'll be selective. Um, I'll start in verse 20 just because of what Paul says, and I'll, I'll tie it all together here in a second. It says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory 
of the incorruptible God into an image like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So, as you pointed out there, Layla, there are... Actually, I believe that's what Paul starts with. If I go back to that, that section of Scripture. It talks about from the basic principles of the world. right? So the Lord has been saying and revealing, yes, himself, as we were just reading in Romans, since the beginning of time, him, his nature, his character, his, at, right, his attributes... He's revealing them. And yes, there were, um, I'll say, for lack of a better way to phrase it, regulations, just because it's the word used in here. Mm. All right, commandments that the Lord gave, follow these things. But why? It was always to point to Jesus, to the Messiah, because he's the only one that could actually live up to and fulfill all of those things. Right? Yes. Because there's also scripture in multiple places where it says, do I desire, oh, sorry, I desire obedience rather than sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? And even Jesus referenced that scripture says, you would have known what this meant. All right, so it's not about traditions or religious traditions per se. Not that they're, and we covered this yesterday, but clearly this is, needs to be reiterated is there's nothing bad, per se, with religious traditions. But is when we exchange religious traditions for an actual relationship with the Lord, that matters. That is the exchange that's being made and manifested, right? Paul says in, in other places, um, I want to say, Romans chapter 9, um, especially from verse 14 to the end of the chapter. But specifically, verse 30 on, right? He says, what shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not even, oh, sorry, the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. The law being the first five books of the Bible, um, often referred to as, as the Torah or the Pentateuch, right? The books of Moses. And in verse 32, it says, why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumbled at the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense. And whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. We, it's not just about um, heritage as in being Jewish or being Greek or a Gentile, right? It's about believing in Jesus, right? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There can't be an exchange and have any sort of meaning or hope to attain eternal life from it. As in, we can't exchange 
religious traditions for an actual relationship with the Lord and hope to achieve salvation. It wasn't about works, right? It says that in in other scripture. Not by, or by faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. Because there's no way we could follow all the laws, rules, traditions, even commandments, if you will, that the Lord gave in the Old Testament without him. That was the whole point and purpose of Christ. Every Everything was a sign to point us to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in him is where we get our hope and our salvation. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Me. <laughs> All right, promise? Let's hear it. Starting at verse 21 where it says, Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern... Oh, sorry, 22. Uh-huh. Which all concern things which perish with their using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed, ha- and indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body. But are no fight against the indulgence of flesh. Okay. The Lord showed me that in verse 22, where I was talking about the touching, the tasting, and the handling of, I would say, sin, that it's not just you. That whenever you do that, there's always a cost for it. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, <clears throat> Lord, when, the, when in the end, when you go to the Lord and the Lord says, well, you did this and that, without repenting, you, when you go, if you go, but Lord, I only tasted it just a little bit, mm-hmm. that would be... An excuse, and Lord, that gives the Lord an even more reason to say, I never knew you. Okay, so help me understand what you're saying, sweetheart. Yes, please. <clears throat> Clarify a little bit for me. That, like what Lil saying about how you can't defeat Satan with Satan, mm. I'm saying that. You, even you have to defeat Satan with the Lord, and when you when you're doing that, you're not supposed to try to mix it with God. Mix the devil with God, promise. Yes, like if you know what. I- yes, like the scripture it says, "How can you drink of both the cup of God and the cup of demons?" Yes. Yes, you can't mix them. We are to be separated. Sanctified, set apart for God's purpose. Right? Paul talks about that as well um, in multiple places, but as it pertains to this and what we were talking about, especially with say, Jews and Greeks or Jews and Gentiles, right? About vessels of honor, right? And how the Lord, had, from the beginning, part of the mystery was that he had vessels of, of honor to be brought in later. 
that were not essentially of of the fold, right? Jesus says, I have sheep of this, uh, not of this flock, but he's the shepherd. Right? He lays down his life for all his sheep. Right? Not just the Jews, but Jews and Gentiles together, all who would believe and call on the name of the Lord. So, yes, there's, there's some accuracy there. Right? It's about being totally set apart for the Lord, remaining in him. This is, this is a word the Lord has brought up very frequently, uh, especially lately, but uh, I'd say over a year now is about remaining, not going in and out, not back and forth, not you know hopscotch here, one day you're in the Lord, and the next day you're doing your own thing, but remaining in him, in his presence, surrounded by his glory, letting his aroma fill you so that wherever we are sent, we're bringing the Lord with us in the fullness of his glory and power and might. Mm-hmm. Anything else? I found it interesting, verse 20 and 21, how I was saying that. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why is the... Why is though living in the world do you subject yourself in, to regulations? What the Lord was showing me is that Paul's not saying that don't control yourself and keep yourself from doing wrong, but it is don't try to limit the Lord and what he can do through you. Because many people say, okay, Lord, that's enough for the day. I'm going to go relax and do what I want. But the Lord says he wants to continually be moving not just when you feel like taking them out of the box. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what the Lord's talking to me about. Okay. What I get from the scriptures that both Promise and LaCharles brought up is, with Promise's scripture, it was more so the fact of people pretending to be religious, like fasting every, like in March, everybody wants to do the Daniel fast because that's the thing to do, but not because that's what the Lord asked them to do. Mm. Fasting without the Lord asking you to do it is pointless. You're just starving yourself for no reason. Lose a couple of pounds, get a pretty figure. <laughs> not always, half the time. It doesn't even turn out that way. <laughs> okay. But it goes to the false humility and self-imposed religion. Okay. If the Lord is not asking you to fast or whatever it may be, why are you doing it? Just because... At one point, the Lord asks these people to do it. Doesn't mean he asked you or told you to do it. Okay. So what you're saying is have a, a daily walk with the Lord? Yes, and do what it is he asked you to do. Okay. So there's a, a point in time, you know, sweetheart, honey, you brought up um, traditions. Yes. Well, traditions are okay as long as they're not traditions that are clearly violating the word of God. Absolutely. Like, People making their children pass through the fire, you know, of, of Molech and things of that nature, like of and idolatry, which is, it's a religion. I'm making air quotes, right? It's what they choose to worship. But okay, so clearly that stuff's not okay. But when we look at the the festivals and the traditions that God passed down through Moses to the children of Israel, the you know feast of tabernacles, this, that, and the other, and that's not to make light of them. But there's there's multiple festivals, and you know it would take time to name them out. Yes. Um, God never intended for the festivals themselves to be worshipped. 
he never intended for the tablet that Moses brought down with, with the handwriting on it to be worshipped. Instead, he intended for the heart to be connected to the Father and God to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. You worship the one who gave the law, not the law itself. And sometimes when people haven't drawn to God and connected their heart with them, it's easy to go, well, it's the same thing. And it's really a slide of the hand, if you will. And the enemy, like we talked about, is not, he doesn't take a day off for a technicality. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go, oh, you didn't mean that. So, nope, he, the thief cometh not but to steal kill and destroy, and he seeks whom he may devour. So that's why God asks us to make sure that we keep our eyes on him, we keep our heart bound to his, right, and our hand in his hand. And Paul is telling them, like, you came out of false living. You came out of the world. You, you've been translated into the kingdom of the, the son of his love, right? You've, you've been translated into something different. Don't keep acting like you're in mm-hmm. where you came from doing things that are meaningless and pointless and empty and have no value. Like, if God asks you to fast, that's when it becomes something holy. Now, fasting has a benefit if you are submitting it to the Lord, buffeting your flesh. Absolutely. But also, he wants you to keep that flesh buffeted so you don't have to throw a major fast just to be able to hear God say, get up this morning. Right? Yes. He wants you to keep yourself submitted and keep your flesh under subjection to the word both spoken and written of God. Which is the perfect law, right? It came from the Lord. Paul talks about that as well, right? How, how can we go back to the law once we've looked upon the perfect law? Uh, I forget where that scripture is exactly. Um, I'll look it up, Annie, if you want to continue. Oh, okay, I thought you had something else you wanted to... No, but that's, that's the thing, right? It's as we were talking about traditions, and not all traditions, but the ones that the Lord gave, right? They, they are good. There's nothing wrong with them. But they don't replace the relationship with the Lord. No, that's always been the goal, and it's going to continue. We've talked about that stretching across the timeline, right? God is in the beginning, he said this, and at the end, he's saying this, and, and all through the middle, he's saying this, so this is his goal. He is our God. He wants to be in that place in our life. And he wants us to be restored to him and we be his people. So throughout the scriptures, it's the, God is telling us this in, in various ways. Um, but like you were saying, you just you cannot substitute, I'm doing God things, but you in no way touch him with obedience and, and direction from him and covenant and walking in that lifestyle. That's what you were, sounds like what you were getting at to me, Kyla. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And what is humility? What does God say that humility is? Let's let's look at First Peter, chapter mm-hmm. five. And while you're you're turning there, that other scripture I was talking about mm-hmm. is James one twenty five. Go ahead and read it for us real quick, darling. Um, where he says, "But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed." And what he does. Being about a a doer, not just here, not just in traditions, but in what the Lord is speaking to you Mm -hmm. and has written. Spoken and written word. It came from the Lord. So the perfect law of liberty is the Lord. It's his word. John talks about that. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
-hmm. And then he continues describing the Lord and making all the, the various connection points throughout Scripture. It's the Lord. It's the perfect law. And then there is freedom. In him is freedom. Anyway, continue, honey, please. Okay. First Peter chapter 5. Let's read verse 5. And then to verse 8. Now read it. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So, humility is not in... I'm, I'm, I look more sour today than you do, or I'm denying myself all these things in, in vanity and empty reasons. But God says humility is casting your care upon Jesus because he cares for you. And what that means is that you're making yourself subject to him, no longer trying to sit in the place of being your own God, meeting your own needs. You're not going about your life carried about by your own will and your desires, the indulgence of the flesh, as it's called here. That's not what's guiding you, but instead you're going, Lord, I belong to you. I've been bought at a price, right? The blood of Jesus and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And I give everything that belongs to me, that is me, into your care, custody, and control, Jesus, because you care for me. And I choose to do what you ask me to do, right? Laying down your life so that in return return it will be saved by Jesus, right? So that's what God calls humility, and Paul keeps saying false humility in, in reference to there is none righteous before him. There is no self-righteousness with God. It's as filthy rags. That means menstruation rags before him. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I think all of you very well understood um, and had some, some good insight from the Holy Spirit here. And one last thing, I just want to remind you all, you all and everyone, and as we're looking at it, what is it that God is looking for? What is it that determines, from his perspective, his eyes, who's for him and who's against him? Who keeps his commandments or not? Okay, yep. We know that it's he who, the one who loves God is the one who keeps his commandments, right? Yes. And... When we talk about Abraham, and we're, we're talking about him because he's the father of faith, right? Yes. Was he a Jew? No. 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 What was he? A Chaldean. Mm-hmm. He came out of Ur of the Chaldea. Now, Jews came from him, but it took two generations following him, Isaac and then down to Jacob, before the name was given, right? Yes. Israel was given. And then eventually became Jewish, you know, down the line. But went from Israel to Hebrew and et cetera, et cetera. And they, they mentioned, they referenced the name Hebrew sometimes in talking about Abraham because of some land that he purchased. But we know God's heart, as you were referencing, the sheep that were outside of mm-hmm. the tribe of Israel. 
Abraham himself wasn't actually a Jew. The Jews came from him. Likewise, he also references it's the people that believe God that God is really looking for. Yes, he loves he loves the Jewish people, and we do too. We bless them, and we appreciate Amen. the place they have before God. Um, and there were many people, Abraham, for example, that didn't have that. What he did have was he believed God, and God accounted it to him for righteousness. And because he believed God, he did the things that God asked him to do, i.e., picking up and moving. And the, the bigger thing that was probably bigger to him was believing to receive Isaac and then being willing to sacrifice Isaac, giving all that he had to God, submitting under the mighty hand of God, right? Yes. And trusting that even if he did sacrifice him, God was able to raise him up from the dead because he had already done so technically already because Abraham and Sarah were both dead in their reproductive capabilities at that time, right? Yes. So what God is looking for is faith. We believe you what you're saying to us, Lord. And because we believe you, we act on what you've already told us to do. None of that is taken apart and aside from what God has said and his, his leading, right? So yes. what I mean by that is when Abraham took Isaac and he bound him up and he had the wood and he had them all laid up there and he had the knife in his hand, what happened? The angel of the Lord stopped him when he saw the ram in the bushes. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So he was getting ready to go through with it. In his heart, he had already said, yes, God, I will. I'm doing this. I'm I'm going through with it. And he was ready to do that. But when he heard the voice of God, did he go, no, and plunge the knife in anyway? I still have to go through with it because this is what you told me to do? Because I said I would. He didn't get dramatic and emotional. He kept his heart open. And the moment God said, stop. Thank you, sir. I count that as finished. I got it. Now I want you to go get this over here. Did he carry on zooming down that road because he snatched away from God and stopped listening to him and pulled away and carried it out what he thought God wanted? No. No. He stayed with him on every turn. He stayed with him on every um, capacity, every path that God took in that journey. He was obedient to everything the Lord said when he said it. And he didn't say, God, I'm tired of you telling me different things. I just want to go do, I just want to do it and finish it so it can be done. He didn't do that. He kept listening. He kept being obedient. He kept his heart close to God. He kept his hand in God's hand. And, and the point is that when we were talking about the substitution between loving the tradition themselves rather than the one who gave the tradition, right? Abraham could have loved the act of, I'm following you, God, and, and murdered his son. <laughs> Right, which God was like, uh, would have been like, I'm not in that. I didn't ask, this is, I said, stop, right? I'm over here. He didn't make that exchange, but instead he kept his heart on the one who gave him the commandment, who gave him the instructions, and then he was able to navigate and walk with him and and follow out the plan fully so that God is truly glorified. And he did, in fact, reap the harvest, and we're still enjoying that harvest today of Abraham's obedience. Absolutely. We're, We're the fruit of it. We're part of it. Right? Yes. So keep Which even that is only by grace and faith. Mm-hmm. As long as we continue to be a participant, keeping our hand in God's hand, right, and letting him be God yes. and lead us along the way, then Abraham was able to grab the ram that was caught in the bush that had been probably rustling over there the whole time that he couldn't see. And God said, I'm satisfied, my son. Come and do this instead, and I've got everything I need. 
now you're blessed and you've released into eternity, right? The entirety of the generations coming afterwards, both physically and spiritually, are now going to benefit from what you were able to follow me through, follow the Lord through, that mm-hmm. is. That's humility. That's what God desires. Not us going, no, Lord, I'm doing you a favor. You know, I had my hand up to my head, you know, <laughs> old Scarlett, O'Hara. Woo! He didn't want that. He just wants us to walk with him. Go ahead, honey. Well, that's it. That's it. So, does anyone else have anything to add? I did. All right, Kyla. Um, it says in verse 20, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? That means to say, why would you follow something that the Lord clearly said was not okay? And, like, the Lord wants you to respect everybody, to follow the governing rules. I'm not telling you not to follow the rules of the land. But there's clear things that are clearly wrong that -hmm. you should not follow, such as homosexuality. You should love and respect them as human beings and creatures of God, but you don't have to honor that practice and say it's okay and look at it and Absolutely. say, I agree with that. Right. You can stand your ground and say, I don't think that's okay. The Lord's to love you. God bless you. I hope you find the Lord. But you don't have to agree and sign off on that. Absolutely. God expects us to uphold his law his above God. everything else. <clears throat> exactly. And as long as it doesn't violate, like we talked about that traditions, you can sub- put the word laws in there. You can... It applies to this as well, like um, laws in the country around you. You can respect them as long as they don't put themselves in opposition to God. Like we go all the way back to the children of Israel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And and when Daniel was there and they're looking at if you don't bow down and worship this big golden thing that they, that um, Nebuchadnezzar made and the various times that Daniel had to go, no, I'm not going to worship the king. I'm going to still pray to my God even if it means I get thrown into the lion's den or for them the fiery furnace and they Mm -hmm. heat it up seven times hotter, God still demands and requires that we stand on his word. And um, I think Hebrews references when we, God takes no pleasure in those that shrink back from the word. Well, for God I live and in Christ I'll die if that's what needs to happen. And then in Christ I'll live again because (laughs) we know we have time, we have something coming later, right? So of course he demands that we honor his covenant above all else. We honor God above all things, whether it's external pressures, the world, humanity, or even our own fleshly desires, that we bring all things into the captivity of Christ, right? And make them subject to the will and the word and the way of the Lord. When Adam and woman, Eve, were in the garden, he said, tend and keep it, right? He said, have dominion and subdue, not be subdued and make it the point of that was to make, he wanted them to make the world look like what God had already said it should be. He already gave commandment. Go do it now. Not be transformed, not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. You make it look like me. Um, which, which is to guard it. As in God. <laughs> to guard it, to govern it. Make sure mm-hmm. the weeds and thorns and this and those things don't grow because they take away from the beauty mm-hmm. of the garden. Right? Mm-hmm. As well as cast out that adversary that was sneaking exactly. around in there. That's the one. God knew he was there. God wasn't surprised by that, but they were supposed to rule over him and have dominion. 
and kick him out in the name of Jesus. Same thing he explains to um, Cain when he's uh, discussing Abel in chapter in Genesis 4. Mm-hmm. Sin waits at the door, lies at the door for you. It's but you rule over it. You. Yep. And you should rule over it. Or be master over it, depending on mm-hmm. your translation. And that's the message for all of us. But we can't do that apart from Christ. And We have to remain in him. That's right. And self-imposed religion, false humility. And neglect of the body. It's not, it's not going to be the answer. You don't have enough personal willpower to subdue the devil. <laughs> you just, you'll just be his puppet. But in Christ, all things are possible to those who believe. Amen. Who wants to close out in prayer? I do. All right, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your omnipotence, Lord, and your omniscience, Lord, and that you are everywhere where Amen. we need you to be, Lord, and where you want to be, Lord. And I ask that you continue to move through this nation, Lord, and continue to help us and reveal your plan, Lord, and what you have in store for us as we go about our days, Lord, and walking in you, Lord. And I ask that you'll bless your people, Lord, and bless our government and our leaders, Lord, and that you'll give them the right heart towards you and lead them in the way you want them to go, Lord, so that we can fulfill what it is you've asked us to do, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, mm-hmm. Lord. And we just declare it done now, and we will take it and we receive yeah, it in we faith, it, Lord. In Jesus' name, Jesus amen. Name, amen. amen. Thank you, Leland. Absolutely. Thank you. And everybody listening, we love you. Mm-hmm. Have a wonderful day, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.